The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. If you'd like to skip the intro, please refer to the timestamp listed in the episode description. Thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It's Thursday, September 28th right now. Um, it's dark out. It's a little chilly here, finally. I put up some little Halloween decorations, and yeah, just thought y'all should know that. <laughs> it's a nice sunny day here. It's going to be really hot on the weekend. It's um, a long weekend here. We always, the first weekend in October. It's always a long weekend where I live, so everyone gets Monday off work, so that's all exciting. Everyone's in the spring mood. Nice. Um, this weekend, I, for once, have something to do. <laughs> I'm going upstate with some of my friends, with uh, Mike. We went last year, too, but it's, like, probably three hours from where I live, and it's, like, bumblefuck in the sense that there's no service at all the house the little cabin has wi-fi but it's on this lake and there's other little cabins around the lake too but it's just like a small community like if you need anything it's far away (laughs) so i was telling i've been trying to pack and just get my shit together and do all that and last night i was laying in bed thinking of things i had to bring and i was telling olivia about this that for some reason out of all the crimes that we talk about on here the Moscow one is the one that has really made me have fear, I feel like. It, some of the ones are just about women being attacked randomly, obviously, but I don't go out and about that much. I hide inside. <laughs> so I just will randomly think about how Brian Koberger just like went into this house where he didn't, whether he had some connection to them or not, they were basically strangers to him in a sense, it seems. Just picked them, went into their house, killed them all. Yeah. Creeps me out all the time. I think about it all the time and so i texted mike and we have this um i got him it for christmas or something because he like loves locking doors and is always checking to make sure doors are locked but it's one of those things that you attach to like the doorknob so even if there's no lock or just so no one can open it at all it makes it much harder to open so i texted mike i was like we need to bring that door lock upstate just in case like anyone breaks in and tries to murder everyone he was like yeah definitely i agree (laughs) and like this is what i'm thinking about how i'm like i don't remember if the door has a lock but even if it does i should bring this just to like really make sure it's locked because what if someone like breaks in and murders everyone like i don't want to get murdered (laughs) everyone will be like where's my door thing (laughs) yeah i'm gonna be like no y'all can get your own (laughs) um but mike was like even though he agreed with me about bringing it, he was also like, there's not going to be any murderers there. There's no one that lives around there. No, you'd have to be pretty lucky to find someone to murder randomly, but you never know. I know, I but, guess. He, but I was like, the murderers live in the other cabins. You don't know. <laughs> so finally, I, the random crimes true crime. like that, like obviously we don't really know how random it was, but it was random in the sense that they didn't well, they lure him to the house or whatever. Like it was, it was pretty random. So the random ones are always – the scary ones. There was the case this week of the woman in Baltimore, that man who was so oh, scary, yeah. and he he just apparently broke in and randomly murdered her in her own house. Parva Lapierre was her name, but um, yeah, yeah just the random ones are stuff just like that. 
even Rachel Marin, like all, obviously all the ones we did in that episode are crazy, but you just really think that you're fine and then all of a sudden you're not. I think for me with Idaho, just the terror of thinking how they were all sleeping in their beds and they just woke up to the sky in their room, like stabbing them basically. Yeah. And even, I don't know if you've watched the latest, I think it's Dateline or 48 Hours. They did a recent episode and um, Kaylee's dad was basically saying that Kaylee woke up, Maddie died first. Kaylee woke up and because she was on the wall, like the bed was up against the wall, so she was trapped and she couldn't get out. So thank God, that terror, even if it was only for 30 seconds that she must have felt is horrific. Yeah, so seems like all this true crime that I followed for years is finally starting to get to me a little. (sighs) That'll be fun anyway, aside from murderers. Yeah, so if you're thinking of murdering me, don't bother (laughs) because I will be safe. But yeah, anyways, that'll be fun. I won't have good service, so don't expect to hear from me, everyone. Monday. I'll check on you Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Wi-Fi, though, so I can I still really do most things. <laughs> Anything going on with you? or? So they've got the um, NRL grand final here, which I guess the most thing that you could liken it to for you guys is the Super Bowl. It's like the Super Bowl, but way more budget. (laughs) NRL is uh, rugby league here. So we've got tickets to the grand final Sunday, which should be good. It's meant to be like 100 degrees. So that'll be good. At least it won't be raining, but yeah, it should be fun. The kids are excited. There's like 85,000 people going. Um, Yeah. So that should be fun. Do you get like a halftime show like Usher? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. So this is a cultural difference that when I was in the US earlier and met you guys, I was talking about the nutbush. I don't even know how we got onto the topic, oh, yeah, but yeah. the Tina Turner dance. So you guys get like Usher, Eminem and the halftime entertainment or it might even be the pregame entertainment at this game is the people from the Simply Best, I think it is, the Tina Turner musical. Oh, yeah, you sent me that. <laughs> so no doubt there'll be a bit of Simply the Best and <laughs> that's the extent of it. Yeah, um, the nutbush for people who don't know like me, it's basically just a line dance that yeah. apparently people in Australia <laughs> love. Everyone does it. Like every wedding you go to, there'll be the nutbush. Like they have, I have no doubt there'll be a giant, like a mass nutbush at this um, football game on Sunday. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's the budget. That's what I mean. Super Bowl on a budget. Simply the best, or whatever the musical is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be good fun. You'll love it because the nutbush. <laughs> Make my day. All right. So today we're going to talk about another one that you guys have been wanting us to do for a while about Ruby Frankie. She was like a mom blogger, YouTuber. She had the channel Eight Passengers. Very controversial. She was arrested recently with her friend, co worker person i don't know they just like did i would suspect maybe in a relationship but anyway Mm, yeah uh someone else who she did videos with that was also an unhinged maniac um they were arrested for child abuse after one of her children jumped out of a window and alerted the neighbors that they were basically locked up and starved Reminds me so much of the Turpins, how it all yeah. ended. Yeah, so it's a crazy story, so we'll get into all of that. Um, first, we're going to talk about a couple updates, little updates with some cases that we've done podcasts on. Um, it's been like a crazy week, two weeks for 
cases that people have been waiting for updates in. Like there's the a big Crystal Rogers arrest. They found Suzanne Morphew's remains finally. Gypsy Rose is getting paroled. <laughs> they kept that very quiet until it wasn't. Like, you know, it sounds like it's been done for a little while and then now everyone knows about yeah. Gypsy. Yeah, so a lot of crazy stuff going on. So the two updates that we're mainly going to speak about is Suzanne Morphew and Crystal Rogers. They both happened yesterday, so very breaking news. We did episodes on both of those. I think we did Suzanne 2021 possibly. Anyway, basically as a bit of background into her case, she went missing in Colorado on Mother's Day 2020. Her husband Barry Morphew has always been the main suspect in her case. He was arrested and then he was released and it's been ongoing. He's a real creep. I'm pretty sure we did it. It's always the husband. That was what we did for Suzanne. That was part, She was part of one of those episodes. I think they both were. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I agree. On September 27, it was announced that Suzanne's remains had been found. The remains were found on September 22 while police were searching Moffat in Colorado. They came across the remains when they were searching um, for evidence in another case. So I'll get into why that's interesting. But the sheriff, John Spezzi, said, while this case has garnered attention from around the world and has touched our community and the sheriff's office deeply, we have never stopped our investigation and will continue to follow all leads in pursuit of justice for Suzanne. And then it goes, although locating Suzanne's remains is a critical component of this investigation and for her family, we are left with many more questions than answers and it would be a disservice to conduct a news conference at this time. So what's interesting to me about that is that they said they came across her remains when they weren't looking for them, but they had originally told us, I found an article from June 2023 that said basically they knew where Suzanne was, that but she was just in a very difficult position and that they had been waiting at one point for the snow to melt to be able to access it to get her remains. So that indicates to me that they were wrong about that. Someone said, could she have been moved? And I'm like, would they really move her to an easier to find position? From the dangerous spot? Yeah. <laughs> So I suspect that their original um, theory about where Suzanne is was incorrect. Um, Barry's team have uh, released a statement today. It's very, very long, so we won't go into it now because I think eventually there is going to be enough for a full episode on this update. But basically they are insinuating that there's a whole bunch of missing people and people who have been found dead in the area where they did find Suzanne and they question why police said that she was somewhere else. Um, you know, it, it, like, don't get me wrong, I am not Team Barry at all, but the statement I actually thought was quite interesting from his legal team. It raised some interesting points. Um, it's giving my, Delphi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I am still, Barry allegedly probably did it, but it's a very clever move by his legal team, I think. So I've put the... Um, statement up on our Instagram today. I'll add it. I'll make, might make another blog too with Suzanne's info about her being found and I'll put the, the statement up. So if you want to read it, um, have a look at that. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, if you're not familiar with the lawsuit that Barry did launch earlier this year, he asked for $15 million saying that he was wrongfully charged in Suzanne's disappearance. Um, and he, the people in the lawsuit include um, people working for the Colorado Bureau of Investigation and also the FBI. So that is ongoing as well. Be interesting to see if that changes once now her body's been found. Imagine if he really did do it and then he's like suing them all. 
for being wrongfully accused and then like bent profits off of us (laughs) that he is like we just did a patreon episode on Corey richens about kind of the audacity and the entitlement he is the male version of that yeah um so the second update is about the crystal rogers case crystal went missing from bardstown kentucky on july 3rd 2015 her car was found the next days with her key the next day with her keys, purse, and phone inside. So yesterday again, Brooks Hauk, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, isn't it? Or is it Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Brooks Hauk was arrested and charged with complicity to murder and tampering with physical evidence in Crystal's case. If you remember, Brooks was Crystal's partner at the time she went missing and he's always been thought of the main suspect in the case. Everyone was kind of like, when is he ever going to get arrested? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that day came yesterday. His original story went along the lines of basically he left Crystal in the lounge room playing on her phone and when he woke up, she was gone. Um, that was basically what he said happened to her. Yeah. His bond was set at $10 million and his arraignment is set for October 5 at 1 p.m., so we'll keep you updated when that happens. In the indictment, it accuses Brooks of acting alone or in complicity with another, committing the offence of murder of Crystal. He's also charged with tampering where he destroyed, mutilated, concealed, removed or altered physical evidence according to the indictment. So that is, um, like, I don't know, I don't, it's not an unexpected update, but it was one that I maybe thought would never happen. So yeah, it kind of just came out of nowhere. You, yeah. There was an arrest and stuff, but yeah, there was an arrest recently too, about another person who was said to be involved in Crystal's disappearance. So I guess this is all kind of led up to that. Yeah. But they haven't said yet, like what led them to finally be able to do it like if they yeah. found anything or what's going on there's so been a yeah, very little information that. released um and her body still hasn't been found as far as we know so she's still missing yeah so big couple weeks for yeah for updates okay so we're gonna get into this ruby frankie story just as a trigger warning it is about child abuse um like kids being starved and stuff like that, and who knows what, and just shitty discipline tactics, kind of like embarrassing them on camera. And then there's also just some people with some really gross opinions on sensitive topics. So be warned, these people are the worst. Yeah. Police say this is the house a young child escaped from and went to a neighbor's house asking for food and water. They said that that child was severely malnourished along with another one they found inside the same home. Now we talked to neighbors in this area and they said that they don't really know the homeowner of this home very well, but she's in business with a woman who has gained a huge following online with YouTube videos getting hundreds of thousands of views. So being a mom's a full-time job, but Popular Utah family vlogger Ruby Frankie was arrested Wednesday. The 41-year-old mother of six is known for sharing clips of her children's daily lives on their now defunct YouTube channel, Eight Passengers. Today, she and her business partner Jody Hildebrand are accused of abusing some of them. Police say a clearly malnourished 12-year-old child crawled out of the window of Hildebrand's Ivan's area home. A neighbor called 911 when he showed up at their house asking for food and water. Officers say his wrists were duct taped. He had wounds from being tied up across his body. Investigators say they found a 10-year-old girl inside the same house who was also malnourished. Frankie's family vlogs ended without a specific reason given. Frankie now works for the Utah County company Connections, along with Hildebrandt. It's described as a treatment program for those with mental health and addiction issues. Connections has been the subject of a lot of controversy, specifically for its teachings on parenting. 
like I said, Ruby Frankie was an influencer mainly on YouTube, and she called her channel Eight Passengers, and she documented the life of her family in Utah. By 2020, she had 2.5 million subscribers. Also, as a note, her channel's gone now. I think it was taken down within the last year or so. Yeah, I, don't I know think if it she was took taken it down. down or, or no, I'm pretty sure it was taken down by YouTube, and she's since been totally banned from the whole thing. But yeah, YouTube yeah. I think took it down earlier this year. Yeah, so you can't go back and look at all her stuff, but there is tons online because there was a lot of people speaking out against her that would kind of repost stuff. Um, And there is a big Google document that we'll talk about at the end that has a lot of it too. So just so we're all aware, it's not really in existence anymore. By 2020, she had 2.5 million subscribers. But like I said, in August 2023, Ruby and her colleague, Jody Hildebrand, were arrested and charged with felony child abuse. So Rue was born in 1981 or 1982 to Chad and Jennifer Griffith. And some reports online say that Ruby was the oldest of five children. She was very close with her family growing up. In one video, she said that her mother was the best person she could have hoped to have as her caretaker. She also said that each and every effort of her mother to make her happy, including her habit of taking her out shopping on her birthday, made her realize the role a mother should play in a family. So Ruby eventually marries a man named Kevin Frankie, who was an engineering professor at Brigham Young University. The couple had six children, so hence the name Eight Passengers, because six plus two is eight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The children are Sherry, Chad, Abby, Julie, Russell, and Eve. So Ruby started her YouTube channel in 2015, so she had been doing it for a decent amount of time. Um, her first video was titled The Making of Eve and then documented her youngest daughter, Eve. So Ruby would post her videos five days a week at 6 a.m. She homeschooled the kids for a point and would often post videos about that as well as things like cooking for them and basic day-to-day stuff. Um, I'll play in a clip here of just some random clips from her videos of her, the family, whatever I feel like putting in. <laughs> I've never, never once forgotten to vlog. Like, it's like forgetting to eat or forgetting to breathe. (laughs) For me, like picking up the camera and vlogging, it's like, I would never forget to do that. I just felt this, the spirit tell me everything's going to work out okay. And I... And then I had the thought, you need to share this too on your video. You need to let your viewers know that everything's going to be okay for them too. Is because if I decide I wanted a roast at the last minute, pork is really quick and easy. It does not take all day. It takes like about 30 minutes. Steph, is there anything wrong with the back of my hair? Wrong? Yeah. No? It's horrible. Ruby and her family are members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, and she told local TV station KSL in 2016 that eight passengers had allowed them to share Mormonism, quote, in a way they normally wouldn't in Springville, Utah. Ruby also told KSL that filming the YouTube show was, quote, a reminder to let my heart rate come down and to just enjoy being with the kids as they are now. So by 2020, Ruby's parenting had become controversial. A change.org petition was established asking authorities to investigate the family, and it got almost 18,000 signatures. 
The petition mentioned a number of videos that Ruby had uploaded on the Eight Passengers page. One video shows footage from when Ruby's son Chad says his mother took his bed away from him for seven months after he played a prank on his younger sibling. He can be heard in the video saying, I was sleeping on a beanbag since October, and him and Ruby kind of laugh about it. Um, He said he lost his room after playing pranks on his little brother, Russell, including getting him to pack a suitcase for a fake Disney trip and hanging him from a basketball hoop. He shared a room with Russell, but was taken out after a therapist's recommendation, giving him the option to sleep on a pullout guest bed or an inflatable mattress or somewhere else in the house. So I'll put in the clip of this, of them talking about it, just so you can get the vibe of what we are speaking about. Oh, I'll give you the reason why I lost my bedroom. I think so. I think this is the reason. At least this is the reason that's been in my head. It's pretty funny, but now that I look back, I mean, it's pretty depressing. No, we never told our viewers. That I woke Russell up at 2 in the morning and told him that we're going to Disneyland and he has to pack. <laughs> and he got up and made his bed all neatly and then packed all his clothes in a suitcase. And then he walked out the door and I'm like, Russell, he's like, what? And he's all happy. Has his sunglasses on. And I was like, we're not going to Disneyland. And he started crying and hitting me. And then he went back to bed in tears. And then... So that, that was... That was <laughs> not the reason you lost your room, but that was well, the other reason is because I pointed a BB gun at his face. Pointed a BB gun at his face and hung him on the basketball. Basically, basically, Chad came home from Anasazi and. And Russell was like, I want to try dunking the basketball. And I lifted him up on the And he was... And left him there for all three minutes. And he was just hanging on there. Do you think it's funny? Because... And then I walk out. If you think it's funny, then you... That was seven months ago. Maybe you need longer without a bedroom. It was not funny. Chad showed that he was not able to manage himself sharing a bedroom with Russell. So when we moved... um. The bigger room in the basement was automatically his, and I didn't have a room, but we, like, put one on hold for me. So, a lot of you are like, hey, that's not fair, because Chad got the bigger, the lesser bedroom, and Russell got the, the bigger bedroom. bedroom. <laughs> Russell got the big bedroom, and Chad got the, the smaller bedroom, smaller. and Russell's bigger bedroom also had a bathroom. But what you guys didn't know was, <laughs> Chad didn't get any room. He didn't, he didn't get anything. He was sleeping on the floor in the family room. It hurts me just as much as it hurts my kids. So Kevin said the decision, Kevin is the husband again, um, said the de- decision to evict Chad from his own room came amid years of physical and emotional damaging behavior that Chad was participating in with his siblings and classmates that ended up getting him suspended from school. This is why he was sent to the Anasazi Foundation's Wilderness Therapy Program, which has it provides intervention services for troubled teens for 10 weeks. So this video is them kind of mostly her explaining why, you know, they do this at the wilderness camp. They don't get a bed. So so it's okay and not a big deal that I took away his bed. But we all know from Paris Hilton about what those wilderness therapy camps were like. Not good. <laughs> We're listening to all of your comments and your feedback. I, I think I understand where some people are coming from. They're like, oh, a 
The parents don't give their kids beds, and I totally agree with that. I know there are lots of children out there whose parents are neglectful. We got accused of child abuse when we sent Chad to Anasazi. Guess what? The first thing that they did was take a bed away. They, they don't have beds. So Chad slept on the hard ground for months and it's, you know, it's run by psychologists and therapists. And if not having a bed was psychologically damaging, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't have suggested that. So when Chad eventually got his room back, Ruby told Business Insider, he'd done a bedroom reveal where he was excited that he put LED lights up in his bedroom and he was hanging puzzles on his wall that he had put together and glued. It never occurred to him that it would turn on us. Kevin and Ruby said at the time that Chad chose the beanbag because he found it the most comfortable. He also removed the doors from his room in an effort to be more transparent to help regain his parents' trust, they said. So just, in my opinion, seems like these kids were just, like, brainwashed, basically. It's like you treat someone like shit for so long that then you give them a crumb of niceness. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you so much, like, for this little crumb. And even, like, this went on for seven months. Like, I just can't even, you know, the beanbag. I mean, just the beanbag saga went on for seven months. It's, yeah. It's like, crazy. I know he's young, but I couldn't imagine sleeping on a beanbag. I would be in so much pain. Mm. And this is a quote from Ruby responding back to how he took off his door to regain his parents' trust. She said, I said, well, if that's your choice, I'll support you in that. But at any point, you can move around. You just can't be sleeping with your brother. Ruby said that as soon as Chad's behavior changed, he would be able to go sleep in his new room, something he knew the whole time. It just happened to take seven months for him to make that choice, she said. Ruby apparently asked Chad if he wanted to share the whole story on social media, and he agreed that she could. He said, no, I'm open to sharing this, she said, though she added that if, quote, she had foreseen the anger, she probably would have cut it out. So that's from the video I put in before. So CPS visited the Frankie house after Ruby said, quote, what people aren't understanding is that we give our children choice in everything. We're teaching our children to be self-governing. So it was always very open with our son that he gets to choose how long he's separate from his brother, dependent on his behavior. So the husband spoke about the CPS visit. He said the workers visited with each of the children individually over the two hours they were there. Um, he said, when they walked in unannounced, Eve and Ruby were baking bread together and doing a puzzle. Hardly the evidence of an abusive home. A letter from DCFS seen by Insider said the case, which alleged that Ruby was the perpetrator, was closed because the claims were unsupported. Kevin said the workers said they were embarrassed that they had to visit the house at all and apologized for the stress inflicted upon the family. I also saw that Ruby said somewhere that even when they were leaving, they were like, now we have some new ideas on how to parent our kids or something. I <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh, don't know if that's true or if it was just out of context. But In a 2020 interview following the CPS visit, Kevin said Chad was, quote, in a wonderful place right now with a good group of friends and healthy outlook on life where he holds high standards and high boundaries. And he also said he's definitely not chained in our basement. Weird thing to throw out there. Um, so in another clip, another there's been many controversial incidents. These are kind of the the bigger ones the that more high most people would ones. know. Yeah. yeah. Like she has tons of just videos where you just feel bad for the kids and she just has no awareness to that. Um, so in another clip, Ruby recorded herself talking about not providing her daughter with food. She said, 
I just got a text message from Eve's teacher, and she said that Eve didn't pack her lunch today. Ruby then says she told the teacher she refused to bring her six-year-old daughter her lunch as a teaching lesson and that she's just going to need to be hungry. Ruby went on to say, Eve is responsible for making her own lunches in the morning, so the natural outcome is that she's going to be hungry. Uh, She also said, hopefully nobody gives her food and nobody steps in and gives her a lunch because then she's not going to learn from the natural outcome. I know that her teacher is uncomfortable with her being hungry and not having a lunch. And it would ease her discomfort if I came to the school with a lunch. Um, But I, I responded and just said, Eve is responsible for making her lunches in the morning. And she actually told me she did pack a lunch. So the natural outcome is she's just going to need to be hungry. So then after getting backlash on that yeah after getting dragged for that (laughs) ruby spoke about the video and claimed that people didn't take into account the fact that eve's school was 45 minutes away and that she only had two hours left of the school day she also said my heart broke for her and i told her oh honey my darling i'm so sorry you're going to be hungry and i'm so uncomfortable with this with you i'm going to be uncomfortable alongside you because i know you are so capable of picking up your lunch off the front door rug and taking it with you when you get in the car it's like okay so in terms of the lunch kevin the husband explained that all the children were taught how to prepare lunch when they reached Eve's age, which is six years old, they go to the pantry, collect a food bar, a drink, and some other snacks, pick up a ready-made sandwich and a piece of fruit from the fridge, then put it all in a bag and take it to school. This day, Eve simply forgot to pick hers up. Kevin's went on to say she came home two hours later and had a wonderful, fulfilling snack. And you know what? She never forgot her lunch again. So it's a way to teach our children how to live responsibly and to be masters of themselves rather than dependent upon somebody else to always take care of them. Some of Ruby's other documented parenting techniques included threatening to behead stuffed toys. Ruby also told two of her children that Santa would not be visiting that year because they were too numb to respond to other punishments. So just like really shit things to do to young children. Another video, Ruby again talked about how the kids are starving all the time apparently. She seems to have a lot of food issues like... It seems to be a way that she controls the kids is through food and even more so when we know what actually kind of happens. Yeah. I wonder if she like struggled with eating issues Mm. growing up because she also does have some shit opinions on that too as we go on. She said, my kids are literally starving. I hesitate to say this because this is going to sound like I'm a mean barbarian, but I told the kids, I said, I'm not even going to let you eat breakfast until you get your chores done. Insane. Ruby and Kevin were also accused of isolating their children from their friends as they were often not allowed phones or devices to communicate with. Ruby said, having that need for electronics is the introduction into disconnect. And that is why people are so uncomfortable with me showing a connected family. It rubs them against their shame and they project what they're seeing onto me. These are just the type of people I fucking hate. (laughs) In another incident during a toilet paper shortage, which we're assuming was COVID, um, Ruby and Kevin installed a bidet in their master bedroom and insinuated that that the children would have to do chores to be able to use the bidet, even though none of the other bathrooms had toilet paper. So Ruby said about this, the master bedroom is off limits to the kids, but they have five other bathrooms in the house that they have access to. And I'd made a comment well, you could do some extra chores around the house so that you can come and use the bathroom. 
it's one thing to like be doing these things, but then to also be putting them online. <laughs> but imagine even using a bidet as a reward. <laughs> there, she's in getting breakfast as a reward mm-hmm. as a kid. It's like you're taking basic human needs and making yeah. them rewards. She later then spoke about people took those comments out of context. And she said, it was just so malicious. They knew what they were doing was out of context. They were purely seeking to throw hate. That was their only objective. A reasonable person would not have seen that video and thought she's a child abuser. That's why I'm like, just so smug, no accountability, no self-awareness. Mm. And you know she thinks she's better than literally everyone else yeah. who treats their kids nicely. Ruby also spoke about the toll that the backlash and criticism had taken on her and the family. She said, people who aren't in a healthy mindset, it could drive someone to suicide easily. I can see now, having gone through it, that it could take your life. Online who hate me, who would like to cancel me, who would like to see me um, either burn in hell, as I have told, or um, disappear off the face of the earth. And I'm not going anywhere. Ruby said the kids had told her that they prayed for everyone who was sending negativity their way. One of her daughters told her that people were spreading rumors only because they were looking for acceptance. She said, my kids are so strong, they're amazing, and they have come together and have even prayed for our enemies. These people who are hating on us, they pray that they will feel love and that will feel the love that they are searching for. There was another incident where... She is filming and she's talking to one of the younger boys, Russell, on camera about a time when he and Eve were only supposed to be using their iPads for doing schoolwork, but they ended up going online doing some other little silly things. And in the clip, she like calls him over and like I've added this one in because the clip is just so sad. Um, I know you'll only be able to hear the audio, but just looking at his face, he looks so just like hurt and broken and you could tell he just feels embarrassed does not want to be on the camera and just is like sinking into himself and it really just broke my heart so we'll put the actual video in if you want to be really mad about it but it's just awful like she's just scolding him on cam- i'm sure they know that like their mom has all these followers and everyone's gonna see everyone's me getting in trouble see. on the internet and in this video and in the other video of chad talking about how he didn't have a bedroom they both mention how they like don't have any friends and feel very lonely which is really sad okay you guys i i need to go have a talk with russell the fact that he's not willing to sit with me and be humble and talk is a a big is a big uh demonstration to me that he has some distorted views and that he is in a lot of shame oh there you are i was just talking about you do you want to come sit with me and talk I'm going to get down on your level. I've noticed that you've been hiding from me. And you are feeling a lot of embarrassment and shame. I don't know. You tell me what you're feeling. Mad. Mad. Because I really won't get anything this summer. I won't be able to go anywhere. No. I don't have any friends. No iPads, no TV, nothing. Okay, so I hear you. That sounds like a lot to be taken away. That sounds like it's going to be a miserable summer. Can I, can I tell you what I see? Would you be open to hearing what I have to say? I see that, yes, the iPads will be taken because you weren't responsible. You were lying. 
and being manipulative with them. Yeah, but Eve did start it. And Eve may have started it. That's that very possible. And who's responsible for you being disobedient around iPads? Me. You. So it's up to you. If you want to be miserable because you don't get TV or iPad, that is totally up to you. You get to choose boredom and you get to choose to be miserable. What I am seeing, though, is that you're upset with the outcome for being mischievous. And instead of being humble and accepting that there is an outcome for you behaving like that with the iPads, instead you're, you're being selfish and what I would like to see is that you be humble and say, yeah, you know, I own it. I was mischievous with the iPads. I was sneaking them. I can see where I've broken trust. And I, I don't want our relationship to be an untrusting relationship. Um, that brings us to 2020. And this is when Ruby began working with Jody Hildebrand at Connections, spelled with a X <laughs> in the middle. Um, Ruby was working as a mental health coach with the company, and Jody was a counselor. These people have no business calling themselves mental health anything. I'll put in a clip of Jody speaking about something unhinged here. I haven't decided which one because there are many options, but she is trash awful. Yeah. Are being exploited. They've been being exploited for the last five years very deliberately intentionally when the whole homosexual movement started once you cross those bounds with you know man and a woman marriage and now and now men and men can marry and women and women when that when that law was passed it opened the floodgate for every other devious vile um sexually permissive and, and destructive behaviors to be engaged upon. And people will say, well, homosexuality is not the same as pedophilia. Okay, it may not be the same thing, but what is the same thing is sexual deviancy. Um, so by 2021, eight passengers had started to decline in popularity. Ruby claimed that she stopped posting content on the channel to protect her children, and the channel ended up getting removed by YouTube in 2023. And this is a clip of her sitting with Jody on a couch, like crying about having to protect her children, which clearly she did not give a fuck about. I have been full time. You wonder where I've been on my vlogs. You wonder why I left YouTube it's to save my kids. No amount of money. I and I'm telling you, I was making millions and I left it because my kids were being hurt with entitlement they were being hurt with people's advice and they didn't have a mother up the front saying I don't care what the world's opinion is this is the truth and this is where I stand in 2022, Jody and Ruby started a new Instagram account and a new YouTube channel called Mums of Truth where they offered amazing parenting advice <laughs> So what Connections was, was a coaching service that focused on parenting and relationships. It was also known for its strict teachings on parenting. Some critics have said the lessons were extreme. And there was one video in which jo uh, Jody and Ruby say a child who refuses to abide by their principles of truth does not love unconditionally and may be cut off from their families. 
Some of the other videos include Jodie and Ruby downplaying the seriousness of eating disorders, blaming rape victims, and criticizing U.S. immigrants. I'll put in, this is a clip, chair warning for specifically, it's her talking about sexual assault and rape and basically how it's the victim's fault for letting it get Happen. to a certain point, which is just, this is the type of person where if I saw her in the street, I would assault her for saying shit like this. So just a warning, it will fill you with rage. So if you don't want to have a baby, then do not use your agency to engage in sexual contact. Now, I know that nobody talks about that anymore. Like nobody, nobody. I don't hear that from anyone, like abstinence, abstinence. That used to be around when I was a kid, abstinence. But nobody says that anymore because everybody feels like they have a right to just do whatever they want. And then they have these, these consequences, these outcomes of STDs or pregnancy or, or, you know, rape. And they, they, they don't want to take any responsibility for their participation in it. Now, when I say rape, what I'm talking about is you engage in a sexual relationship and then you may say, stop. And the person's like, I'm not stopping. I'm going to take what I want. I'm not talking about like someone attacks you and forces you. I'm talking about your participation. And then at some point you say, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And you know, because the person you're with just says, I don't care what you want because that's the kind of person you've chosen to hook up with. There's also some comments online from the Mums of Truth Facebook group. Well, so just the background, I think someone posted something asking for help with their daughter that had an eating disorder issue. And then Ruby replied in a video with, of course, the worst advice ever. And then these comments were kind of backlash to that. And then this was her responding to those comments. So the commenter wrote, she's starving herself, her body image has body image issues, is rapidly losing weight, but is not. it's not eating issues. I really, really hope this mom doesn't listen to you because it's obvious that she has an eating disorder that doesn't make her manipulative or a bad person. And then Ruby responded from her own account. She wrote, the root of all eating disorders is never the eating. If it was about the eating, then the solution would be to eat. It's the perception of eating, the perception of self, and the perception of the relationship with food that is at the heart of an eating disorder. The lying to the, man- to the mother is manipulative and are you going to take responsibility for insinuating that I called her a bad person? This is not about being bad. This is about a young girl who needs intervention. She needs a mother who will speak, S-P-E-E-K, the truth. And then someone wrote, my kids always come first. And then Connections replied and said, may I invite you to see the truth? God needs to come first, not kids. When you finally place God in front of everyone in your life, then you can begin to truly love everyone. In capitals, keep God first. And the, then there was a reply saying, I thought Connections wasn't faith-based. Not everyone believes in God. So it's just very radical, strange beliefs. Yeah, Um, extremist beliefs almost. Yeah. Then this is another clip I'll put in just to show they have terrible opinions across the board, every topic, every controversial topic, which shouldn't even be controversial. I don't know if I'm shocked or not shocked that they actually found each other. Two of the worst people somehow found each other and just became extra worse. (laughs) And like made each other even worse. Um, But this clip is them just talking about how immigrants aren't victims and you shouldn't feel sorry for them. And of course, they're using names like Juan and Pablo 
and like speaking in fake Spanish accents, just embarrassing, gross. gross behavior. And these people are not victims, by the way. I just want you to see that. The people who are coming across the border illegally, they know what they're doing is illegal. It's illegal, like stealing stuff from a store, illegal. They're coming into America illegally. And um, so they're not victims. So don't feel sorry for the people who are being moved around the country. Um, but there's other comments from the other side who are allowing these borders to be open when they're in front of their house. They're like, this is so horrible that you are demoralizing human beings and using them as political pawns. It's like, no, no, you want them in here so you can use them as a political pawn so that they'll vote for you and all sorts of other reasons you want them in here. You're using them as a political pawn. That's what DeSantis was doing. He's putting in front, literally in front of where <laughs> Biden lives. Here, here are your choices. Here are your choices. Here they let, are. Let There's me reflect Juan to you. Juan and Jose and um, Ismeralda. And, and they're all there. And, and then they say, oh, they don't want to take accountability for their choices. And so they flip it and say, you're doing this to me. And so they use their mind, they use their intellect, their language, their, mm -hmm. their power, positions of power to say, how dare you do this to these poor people? Yeah. That's so the lie. It, it is a lie. So earlier this year, 2023, Shari, who's Ruby's oldest daughter, who was 20 years old, spoke on a podcast about the relationship she had with her family. She said that it had left her spiritually drained. She spoke about the effect that connections had had on her family. She said they joined it originally to become, they wanted to become more growth oriented. And at first she thought it was great and it did bring them closer. But she said over time, the group became more extreme and started equating their teachings with the Mormon gospel, which she said affected her relationship with her family. Shari told the podcast that, quote, some things within my family were happening and that she started to question them. She also questioned whether God would support Connections teachings and whether they were in line with her Christian values. Shari said on the podcast that it led to a period of around seven months in her freshman year of college where she struggled to follow the gospel while also being able to honor her family. She said, I want to honor my family. We're supposed to honor our parents. And I felt that to disagree with them was sinful and that God would be mad at me too if I did that. Shari also said that she had originally given no indication to her family that she disagreed with what was going on because she still wanted to be included, but that it was uh, taking a toll on her mental health. She said, I noticed when I would leave my family, I would just feel spiritually drained. I just wouldn't feel great. I would overhear conversations and find myself internally thinking like, this isn't right. This isn't okay. So she ended up cutting ties with her family in 2022. She's on social media. She's got a big social media following with over 600,000 people, if you want to check it out. Um, she urged her followers to please remember that this is my real family. She said, despite good intentions, speculating rumors and gossip doesn't help us. I'd like to ask for privacy and for me and my family as we work through this very difficult situation. She said, please know that many are working on this situation. I hope one day we can be whole again. Please respect my privacy as I work through my own healing as well. Seems like Ruby was kind of like already a shit person, obviously, with all of her controversial parenting tactics. But then Jody comes along and it seems like she really made everything it. worse and basically radicalized Ruby into even more insane behavior and just manipulated the whole family. Ways to grab your children's attention. It may take more effort and it probably will take more effort on your part. 
rather than hitting them because when you hit them, you immediately, usually, you immediately have their attention. Most kids will be like, <gasps> and then they'll be like, what do you want? What do you want? I'll do whatever you want. Just don't hit me again. But then you have this dynamic set up of, I'm afraid of you and I obey you because I'm afraid of you. Not because I love you or I respect you or I want to obey you. I do those things out of compliance now. And some kids won't even do it out of compliance. They'll just get hit and then they'll just look at you like, so now what are you gonna do? Hit them harder? You know, like pummel them? Now you've lost your intervention. And more and more kids are going towards that where they just don't appear to be fake. About a year ago, my daughter was saying her prayers. Eve, she was six years old at the time. And she was saying her prayers and she said the cutest thing. I thought it was so cute. And I started laughing. She said, Dear Heavenly Father, please help me to survive. And I thought it was so cute and it just took me off guard and mm -hmm. I kind of giggled a little. So in August this year, on August 30, one of Ruby's children climbed out of a window out of Jody's home. The child who was 12 then ran to a neighbor's house and quote, knocked on the door requesting food and water. The neighbor noticed that the child was duct taped on their ankles and wrists and they contacted law enforcement. It was Russell who jumped out the window. When police arrived, they determined that the child was severely malnourished and was the child was taken to a local hospital. The child was placed on a medical hold after it was discovered that he was also suffering from deep lacerations due to being tied up with rope. They have released some info from the 911 call that was made by the neighbor. In it, the neighbor says, I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. He said he's just come from a neighbor's house and we know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. So Jody is the neighbor. The neighbor said he's emaciated, he's got tape around his ankles, he's hungry and thirsty, he has duct tape around each ankle, there are sores around them and he has them around his wrists as well. This kid has obviously been detained, he's covered in wounds. And then the caller told the dispatcher, he says everything's fine with them, he says what happened to him is his fault. Sad. So sad. Sorry, I'm on the address of your emergency. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. We know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. He's emaciated. He's got tape around his legs. He's hungry and he's thirsty. And he asked us to call the police. What's so he's name? very afraid. This kid has obviously been... I think he's been... He's been detained. He's been... He's obviously covered in wounds. Right, we need the cops here as soon as possible. So police then went into uh, Jody's house and searched where they found the 10-year-old girl, who I believe is Eve, um, mm -hmm. and she was also malnourished and suffering from wounds. She was taken to the hospital. So Child Protective Services took them plus two older siblings in their teens into custody. So I believe, um, so yeah, I believe the older two are, I guess, too old to be in CPS custody at the moment. Yeah. Both Ruby and Jody were arrested and charged with six counts of aggravated child abuse, which is a felony, and they're both being held without bail. In Utah, aggravated child abuse is defined as an act that inflicts upon a child serious physical injury or causes or permits another to inflict serious physical injury upon a child. So each of the charges carries a prison sentence of up to 15 years and a fine of up to $10,000 if convicted. After Ruby was arrested, Shari, her oldest daughter, made an Instagram post 
and she wrote, finally. There was a photo and it was kind of Ruby outside the house with the police, I believe. Mm-hmm. She wrote, today has been a big day. Me and my family are so glad justice is being served. We've been trying to tell the police and CPS for years about this and so glad they finally decided to step up. So Ruby's sisters are apparently influencers online as well. Um, their names are Elle, Julie and Bonnie. They shared a joint Instagram and they made a post saying that Ruby's arrest needed to happen. It says, for the past three years, we have kept quiet on the subject of our sister Ruby for the sake of her children. Behind the public scene, we have done everything we could to try and make sure the kids were safe, which seems a bit, I don't know, I I just feel weird about that. If this was going on for three years and then the kids were still with Ruby, like I know there's obviously a process, but if everyone was aware about it and it still happened for that long. I think the one problem is too, is like when CPS showed about the house, obviously they had money. They look like a nice family. They have food in the house. The kids are clean. Like no one looks abused because they have the food, but they're just not being given it. Or they have bedrooms, but they're not allowed to sleep in it. So CPS just walking in, it's hard for them to see more of the the mental abuse and torture that's going on. Because it seems like, I don't know, but until recently that maybe they weren't being like physically abused so much where it might have been harder to tell back then. That's what sucks about CPS can kind of only do so much. It does really seem that everything did escalate, especially maybe physically in terms um, of the abuse when Jodie and Ruby kind of got together. It seems like 2022 was the catalyst and everything really stepped up then. Yeah. So when we posted about this on our Instagram, we had a ton of messages from people like, well, where's the dad? Why isn't he taking any responsibility? And, you know, fair enough. He came out and made a statement and said that he had been separated from Ruby for 13 months prior to her arrest. That indicates around July 2022. His attorney, Randy Kester, claimed that Kevin had not been able to see the children and he also wasn't aware that Ruby had moved to Ivan's, Utah, which is around four hours away from where they used to live. The attorney claimed that Ruby had been controlling Kevin emotionally because she knew how much he valued their marriage and he said it was his desire to be able to get back with the family and preserve his marriage. The attorney said Kevin never had any reason to believe that his children were being abused and he is a good person. He's working hard to to do what he can to restore his reputation after it's been destroyed and damaged and he's getting raked over the coals by all of this when in fact he himself was to some degree a victim uh, of these uh, psychological and mental manipulations that were perpetrated against him and his family by uh, Jody. He's just trying to restore some normalcy in his life and make sure that he can, as uh, was his goal all along, to keep this family together and make sure that they thrive and that they recover from this abuse. I don't know. I feel weird about that as well. Well, (laughs) He's a grown man. You know, he, I don't know. I don't know. He might not have known how badly it escalated, but still back in the day with the bedroom stuff and the not eating stuff, he was like supporting that shit. So he still isn't that good of a person. Maybe he didn't know how bad it had gotten, but he was still okay with all of that stuff. And he also said in some articles I've seen that he actually left Ruby because of their differences in opinions about parenting. So he obviously knew that she had these crazy parenting ideas and he still, for some reason, the children were still able to be with her. Mm-hmm. So Randy also spoke about how Kevin's marriage to Ruby had fallen apart after she came involved with Jody. It says, he says she manipulated him in conjunction with Ruby, that she's kind of the spearhead toward essentially destroying his life and destroying his family. 
So I I don't doubt that. I also agree that's probably what happened mm-hmm. too. So Kevin is apparently working to regain custody of the younger children who at the time of recording we believe are still in the care of the state. So Ruby first appeared in court after her arrest on September 7. She broke down in court as she made claims that one of her minor children sexually abused their sibling and molested several other children and family members in the neighbourhood over the years. She said in court that one of the children began looking at pornography at just three years old. She also claimed that two of her children played a patting game with each other, but she didn't go into any other detail. Ruby said that in May, the child confessed to sexually abusing 20 people, including cousins and neighbours, but she didn't provide any proof of the allegations in court. The judge then said that her alleged abusive child would need to be placed in a home with no other children. So the media asked Kevin for a statement following Ruby's court appearance. His attorney said he's been instructed by the court not to comment to the press. Out of respect for the children, we have no comment. So a lot of Ruby's family have been coming out and speaking to the media after all of this. Her sister-in-law, Cynthia, said, I don't know what to believe from her. I think she's lying. She's putting the blame on her two kids to validate what she did to the children. At this point, I think she'll say anything to save herself. Um, Like I I don't really – I'm speculating that if – she's setting this up as a story. It was Russell is the child that I'm assuming is involved in these allegations because he seems to be the most maltreated. Yeah, it's Um, weird. That would be Um, my thinking. But even like if a three-year-old is accessing pornography, like they're not accessing pornography on their own. Yeah. Unless she's going to try to say that the older brother who she sent away – for bullying Showing the younger child pornography or something. I don't know. But I still think the whole thing is like – 20 children around the neighborhood what neighborhood is and this? where are all these people come like no one like obviously I, as a parent if your child was sexually abused you'd want to protect their privacy and things like that but i have seen nothing from anyone to back any of this up no and 20 is a lot yeah i don't believe it so cynthia who is kevin's so kevin is ruby's husband cynthia is the wife of kevin's brother alan she said we had no idea what was going on in the family Jennifer Frankie, who is married to Kevin's brother, Aaron, so there's Aaron, Alan, and Kevin, (laughs) said, Ruby isn't really my cup of tea. I've never really liked her from day one. She always thought she was better than anyone she's around. If you look up narcissist in the dictionary, there'll be a picture of Ruby. Um, Jennifer also spoke about how Kevin and Ruby had originally gone to Connections for marriage counselling. She said it was a cult. Kevin was in a men's group at Connections. He had a checklist of what he needed to do to be better, and if you did it, they would praise you. And if they didn't, they would chastise you. She said when Jodie moved into the family's Springville marital home, one of the first things she did was separate Ruby and Kevin. It was almost like the movie War of the Roses. She said Ruby was living on one side of the house and Kevin was living on the other. Kevin couldn't talk to Ruby unless Jodie was present. And then she goes on to say, Shari told us that Kevin was kicked out in July 2022, which I guess matches up with his time that they were separated. Mm-hmm. At the time, we never knew about Jody and the influence she would have on the family. She said, at the time, Shari told us, my dad won't talk to me. He wouldn't take my phone calls, answer emails, etc." That's the weirdest part too. Like why, why her? Mm, maybe like I don't know. Was, was she still there then maybe? Who? Shari. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She did say she cut off in 2022, but I haven't really seen the date around Maybe that. Maybe I was ignoring her. She was still at the house. Um, so Shari then told Jennifer, my dad thinks he's a horrible person. Ruby and Jody have him brainwashed believing he's a bad person. 
Um, and it says Shari tried contacting her father after he moved out, but he blocked everyone on social media, his cell phone and email. And she said, I feel bad for Kevin. He's like almost brainwashed. I feel sorry for him. So Jody's niece, Jesse Hildebrandt, spoke to the media on September 11. They go by the pronouns they, them, and they alleged that their aunt had abused them while under her care for roughly a year while they were a teenager. Jesse alleged the abuse, which happened more than 10 years ago, was similar to the reported details about Ruby's children. Jesse said, the things I experienced while living with Jody, I experienced being tied, I experienced being duct taped, I experienced being blindfolded, I experienced severe isolation, and I experienced severe emotional, spiritual, and psychological abuse. I experienced being told I shouldn't be around other people, being told that I was dangerous to be around, and people were afraid of me to the point where I was afraid of myself. Jesse recalled that they were isolated for up to 12 hours a day and were once forced to sleep outside in the snow while under Jody's care. Jody also accused Jesse of being a sex addict and of being addicted to masturbation. And Jesse decided to speak out about their experience after reading a report of, you know, the sexual alleged sexual abuse um, regarding Ruby's children. Jesse said, I've never met Ruby, but the things that she is saying and regurgitating are very, very familiar to me. The philosophy philosophies that she is using are Jody's, and these are not new. This is a pattern, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Ruby and Jody were due back in court on September 21, but that didn't happen. One hour before they were due for a bail hearing, it got postponed until October. The Utah state court officials said they needed an additional time to review the copious amounts of discovery. Um, the court court documents say the hearing will be rescheduled at the convenience of the court on a date after October 5. So as far as I know, there isn't a set date yet, but it will maybe happen in October. Um, there's a really interesting Rolling Stone article about this case and in that they say that this case could take years to resolve. The quote says, experts tell Rolling Stone the intricacies in Utah law and the breadth of information involved means that Frankie's case is anything but simple and it could take months or even years to resolve. So that is kind of it up to date in the chronological timeline of this case. Shari has created a really great Google document. We've linked it a few times in our stories. I'll pop it up on the blog for this. It's 10 pages and basically it goes through all the receipts that she's got about Ruby's abuse um, and, you know, she can add it and edit it when things come up. Um, like, for instance, she's linked a TikTok video where she says that she won't give the, give the kids breakfast. There's tons of stuff on it. That's where I got a lot of the clips from too, but it's probably, even though it's good the channel is taken down, obviously it's frustrating for her because she wants evidence of all this stuff and to be able to show people. So she has to crowdsource basically from the internet of people who had already posted these things. Some other things that she's listed, for example, there's a clip of Ruby talking about her kids not being allowed personal space and saying everything is hers. Um, Ruby in one video admits admits to being neglectful and Jody tends to agree. Yeah, so there's a lot. Like if you want to have a bit more of a deep dive into a lot of these videos, it's, yeah, a lot. I feel like one of the main points, which I just touched on briefly before, is Kevin's involvement in all of this. Um, Don't get me wrong, I do absolutely agree he has some involvement, but I do feel to some point he was also a victim of Ruby and Jody. From what we've seen at this point, he seems to have been made to feel that you know either his family he wasn't worthy of his family like I really feel that Judy and Ruby I'm sorry Jody Judy Jody and Ruby are worked together to push Kevin out um you know it doesn't make it right that he doesn't you know he didn't fight to see his children or that I'm not saying that but I feel like I maybe agree that he didn't know the extent that the abuse was going on for whatever reason yeah I still think he 
isn't great because he was fine with Ruby exploiting the kids and punishing them online and doing a lot of that controversial parenting that he was also a part of. But it does seem like something happened when Jody came along that really split up the family. I'd love to know more about like what happened and how he, he basically got kicked out of his own house and ostracized. I do want to know if there's some sort of relationship between Ruby and Jody. It's very I've seen weird. it kind of insinuated that there was something going on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. But then maybe, I don't know. Just like the videos that they do together, they're just like sitting on this couch right next to each other. And mm. I don't know. I don't know the word for it, but just makes you feel ick. Yeah. So I guess we shall see what happens. I've didn't really know much about her like even just as a huge youtube account obviously i i don't watch a lot of family blogs especially when in 2015 like when she started but when this all went down it was sent to us by so many people who were like oh my god finally like this woman is out of her mind like the stuff she was doing is terrible so a lot of people have kept up with this story for a long time it seems there's an interesting article from the last um, few days and a lot of people have kind of asked why isn't Jody being focused on as much and I do feel it's because Ruby was the higher profile one she put herself mm-hmm. out there she had all these followers but this article seems to kind of focus on Jody and it talks about people who have been in the connections program before it says some former male clients say they were treated indiscriminately for porn addiction um, and that you know, basically it says five men told NBC that they were diagnosed with porn or sex additions by Jody, although all of them said they didn't exhibit any abnormal issues with either. They were put into men's counseling groups that focused on porn, sex, and lust. They had daily support calls. You know, it just goes on to things like this. Um, so that she seems to really hate men as well. Yeah. Men One and man children. Named Spencer said he had an extremely sheltered childhood with little access to te- te- with little access to technology. He was sent to Jody for two months when he was sixteen after he got a secret phone to play video games. She moved him from a children's group at the age of sixteen to the men's group so that he could have more in depth conversations about his treatment goals. And the men in that group were being treated for porn addiction. So fucking. So he weird. said, "I didn't even know what porn was." So she seems to have a lot of a focus on. And it's interesting that that's now the um, argument that they've come up with too in Ruby's defense, I guess. Yeah. I don't even know what to make of it. It's very strange. Just as one final note, Jodie voluntarily surrendered her mental health counseling license on September 19th. How does she even have a license? <laughs> her li- this article says her license is still active but limited. She's not being formally disciplined, but she will be unable to practice if she's released from jail. It's so weird. Like what happened to her that made her this way? Mm. I'm, and I'm still shocked that these two people found each other. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of questions. I'd love mm. to know much, much more about like the background of Jody, how she is, the way she is. When was she? Well, her kids said that she started doing this shit too. But like when she was younger, was she normal to an extent? I did read in the Rolling Stone article that Ruby's attorney said something along the lines of he believes that she'll be incarcerated for you know, the ongoing future. So I wonder if they're not confident that she'll get bail when they, whenever they have the hearing. The other thing I was going to say is, because I didn't notice this the first time around, because I feel like you're just focused on the kids escaping, but they were escaping from Jody's house. It wasn't even their house, Ruby's house. So clearly Jody had a hand in it if they're, I don't know if they were living at or staying at her house. 
I but think they must they were, have been living there because it was four hours like. away from their other house. Yeah. Mm. But so, like, clearly she had a hand in this behavior. It's her house and tying them up, and she knew how the kids were being treated. It's not like Ruby's house where she hid them away in the basement and Judy just happened to – Jody just happened to come over and thought the kids were out somewhere else or something. She clearly knew. And clearly didn't care because she's a psycho. Yeah. But – that is all for now. We will keep everyone updated with what's going on with this one. Um, if there's any updates for some reason between now and this comes out, I'll throw in a clip. But make sure you follow us on Instagram at True Crime Society. That's where we post the updates the fastest. And if you want to follow our personal accounts, mine is StephSum underscore Olivia's TCS Olivia. So check us out there. If you want to listen to this episode or all the episodes ad free and check us out on patreon we do weekly bonus episodes there as well and release these episodes earlier on patreon plus the patreon page is just a cool place to chat with everyone so check that out too and whatever platform you're on make sure you're like subscribed following all those things and leave us a nice review leave us a nice message we always love that share with your friends, post to your Instagram. All those things are great. That's that. Thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Peace out. Yeah.